Pastor Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Yeah, welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 797 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun episode lined up for us. In this episode, I'm going to give away free seeds. That's right, I've teamed up with SeedsHereNow.com to give away free iRe genetic seeds. We'll talk more about the free seed giveaway later in this episode. This is the time when I do want to remind you that Team iRe Genetics will be at the Dude Groves Cup in June on June 3rd in Fort Collins, Colorado. I do invite you to come join us at the Dude Groves Cup. Make sure you check out DGCCup.com for all of that information. Also, make sure you check out iRedirect.com. There are a lot of great things on sale on iRedirect.com. There's a bunch of fem seeds and regular seeds at blowout pricing for the month of April. And I just added a couple of new strains. So make sure you go check out the website, iRedirect.com. Grab some of those new seeds, the fresh drops, and the fresh restock at blowout pricing. All right, I think that's all of the business we have got to cover here at the top of the show. Let's jump into the email and questions portion part of this podcast. I do have a great question here right in front of me. This one came from the iRedirect uh, website with the question submission form right on the iRedirect website. There is a tab that says grow help or questions. If you click on that, you are able to send me a grow question. And if I do read that grow question here on the podcast, you win a free pack of iRead genetic seeds. Of course, that giveaway is sponsored by our friends at seedsherenow.com. So this first question from the grow help tab came from our friend Brent, and it goes a little bit like this. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, I love your work and I love every single episode you have put out. Well, thanks a lot. That's a great compliment and a good way to start an email. It says, I can't thank you enough for what I have learned from you. Uh, that is a huge compliment. Thank you for mentioning that you've learned a lot from me. Thank you for saying that. And that is all of the thanks I need. What I would really like is that you just go in the garden and kick ass. And it sounds like you're doing that. So that is the best way to reward me or the Patreon campaign, of course, patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. But letters like this, messages like this, and knowing that your garden is better is all the thanks and reward that I do need. But thank you for the compliments. Let's keep going. It says, my question is this. What sort of growth characteristics can you expect to see when you have the same plant? One has a taproot started from seed and one is a plant started from a clone. Is it basically vigor and structure that will differ? Thank you for your time, buddy. Much love from Michigan. Big shout out to my buddy Brent in Michigan. Thank you for the great question. I do have a good answer for this one. So they're asking, when we grow a plant, the first time we grow it, obviously the first time a plant is grown, every plant comes from a seed. It all starts from a seed. The first run is always from seed. Then from then, we've, if we want to repeat that plant and grow that plant over again, it's got to be grown from a clone. We have to clone it, reproduce that plant, keep that clone alive, make more cuts, keep growing the same thing. The question is, will we see differences in growing that plant from a seed versus growing it from a clone, which is a great question. Um, when we grow it from a seed, we do get what is called a taproot. That plant develops that original taproot, which is supposed to be that original source of life for that plant to dig into the dirt, dig into the roots, establish itself. It gets nice and thick and it shoots straight down. Most of the time the taproot tries to go down with the cannabis plant and it wants to go down and then they start spreading out once they've gone down far enough. But that taproot is the main difference in the clone and the seed or origin plant. That is going to be the main difference. That does give us a little bit of more vigor. Uh, sometimes you'll see if you plant a clone and plant a seed at the same time of the same plant, that seed will have a little bit more vigor. That is the hybrid vigor. That's that fresh life just trying to express itself. So the main difference you're going to see will indeed be that 
that taproot is going to be your main difference. Other things you're going to see are possibly structure and pattern, and this does depend on a couple of things. You'll notice when you grow a cannabis plant, that main apical dominant top is symmetrical. It'll have branches coming off the left and the right, and then I, I think the easiest way to say it is northeast and then southwest, and then or no, north and south and then east and west, and north and south and east and west is the way that the nodes will face. That's when you cut the clones from the apical meristem part of the plant. If you cut the clones from other branches of the plant, you may notice that those clones, that those branches may alternate where the nodes shoot out. It may just go uh, north and south, north and south, north and south. It won't go north, south, east, west, north, south, or what am I doing? You know what I mean? It won't do all four. It won't do the plus sign. It'll just do a minus sign shooting nodes on opposite sides instead of all four directions. That is going to be one of the differences that you do see. Also, this is going to relate to another question that's coming up on the podcast that I've previewed. Sometimes that clone, sometimes the seeded plant will express some weird mutation, some weird funky growth. In some cases, I have seen the clone not do the weird shit that the seed plant originally did. And that's hard to say if it was the plant doing something different or maybe it was environmental. Maybe I put the seedling into soil that was too rich. Maybe I gave it too much light. Maybe I overwatered it and something went weird there and that plant got... Usually it's a mutation like a twisty leaf or just something, a weird structure, a weird shape, something like that, a weird reaction. Sometimes I don't see that if I cut a clone and run the clone again. Sometimes some of the plants don't show me that weird shit. I feel like it grows out or like I said, possibly it was something I did to it the first time. So sometimes we see differences in the entire performance of the plant uh, when it comes from that clone. But that's just when I do run the anomalies. If the plant's good enough to get a clone from and I do decide to run it again, sometimes I have seen that those weirdos grow out of their weird shit in the second and third run. Let me see if there's more to this message. Make sure I cover everything. Um, yes, the main difference is going to be that taproot. You'll see a difference in the vigor. Uh, then we may see a difference in the structure and shape and the pattern of the plant. And that all depends on where you cut it from. If you cut it from that apical meristem, you may get the all four direction nodes. If you cut it from a side branch, you're just gonna get the two branches coming from the sides. The seed plant you'll notice is much more symmetrical. The seed plant wants to grow with symmetry. I do have some plants to make two tops uh, just naturally on their own, but that's also symmetrical. You'll notice that from a seed plant. All right, my friend Brent, I do want to thank you for the great question. Since I read your question here on the air, that does mean that you win a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. Please send me a follow-up email. Send it also, if you can, send it on the, uh, the same way that you submitted this question. Go to the Grow Help tab. Send me your address. Let me know where to ship you a pack of seeds. And please do include a real reasonable name. I don't want to ship packages. No offense to you guys. I love that you've got companies. I love that you're inspired. But I don't like sending packages to like uh, Ganja Plant Joe and um, like Weedhead Bob 420 and Stoner Dave 5000. I love you guys and I love your cool names. But sometimes that looks a little suspicious and people at my post office may decide to look in your package or people at your post office may decide to look in your package. Let's just put our normal names on there. Let's just be cool. I'm not going to stalk you. I'm not going to do anything weird. Let me help you get your seeds to you. All right. Thanks. Thank you once again for the great question. Let's keep this show moving because I do get sidetracked and get quite rambly. This next question came from the Grow Health tab on iregenetics.com. That's right. That Grow Health tab is on iregenetics.com and iredirect.com. It's the same set of tabs at the top of the page. So just click on there. That will get you to the same Grow Health tab. This one came from our buddy Neilster. Big shout out to my dude Neilster. Thank you for the great question. Also, Neilster, send me your address because I owe you a free pack of Irie Genetics seeds. Once again, that seed giveaway is sponsored by my friends at seedsherenow.com. The question goes... Just like this, it says, Dear Rasta Jeff, big salute. Keep doing what you do, bro. I'm going to keep doing it. 
can't stop, won't stop, made it this far, no reason to quit. Now it says I'm finally trying some Irie gear. Congratulations, bro. Welcome to the team. It says I've got two Gorilla Goat Sprouts and two Lemon Jeffries. That's a great combination. They're going to work very well together. Um, they're going to both grow quite tall, but they're both going to make very unique and different aromas. The, uh, the Gorilla Glue is going to have more like a sweet, uh, or the uh, Gorilla Goat is going to have a more sweet Gorilla Glue flavor, and that Lemon Jeffrey is just straight pure lemons. So they're going to grow well together, but you're going to have a nice variety when the harvest comes. So that's a beautiful setup. It goes on. It says, I work in a commercial grow. Welcome to the team, bro. And then it says, we have two sets of 12-12 rooms. Um, okay, that makes sense. We have a daytime room running 11 p.m. to a.m. and a nighttime room running 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Is that right? Day and nighttime? Anyway, we've got 11-11 and 11-11 is their schedules so they can divide the day into half and have two 12-12 rooms. It says, why would we do this? Is there any reason other than night shift and possibly saving on electricity? I can't understand why they don't put all of the lights on during the day. Uh, and you can only get into each room for half of the day as it stands. So help me figure this out. So the situation is our dude has a commercial grow space, works at a commercial grow space, and it's cut in half. And they run one half of the flowering room on 12-12 from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. And when that turns off, then they allocate that electricity to the other side of the room so that it can be on from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. I could understand seriously how this would be frustrating trying to schedule a workflow. Uh, employees don't want to be anywhere at 11 p.m. They should be at home in bed sleeping. Uh, and then for the transition to happen at 11, that means that you've got to come in at like 8 o'clock and get you get three hours in that one room and then the lights go off and shift into the other room and then you get whatever they're on all day, but you only have so many hours left to work. So it's probably hard, a pain in the ass to schedule working in there. You probably got to come in at six or seven in the morning to get shit done in the 11, the nighttime room. So I understand why that's frustrating. This uh, question is all about why do I think they're doing this? My main assumption for why they're doing this is to save on electricity. They probably, possibly, likely, I'm assuming, do not have enough electrical power to run the entire side, the entire room all at one time. Uh, it's probably less load on the, the transformers, whatever is bringing in the electricity. I don't know what where you're sourcing your power. If you've got three-phase power, I hope you do in a big commercial facility, but maybe not. Uh, so maybe it's a power limitation. Maybe they can't run it all because of the electricity. Maybe they don't have enough air conditioning to cool that many lights all at one time, and it's easier just to cool it down only running half of it. Also, you did state one thing. Uh, kilowatt hours are much cheaper during off-peak hours, which means they charge more for electricity during the day. The time when everybody's at work, when we're all up watching TV, running our coffee makers, running the TV, uh, running the grow lights on our own houses. But at the office, they got all the lights on. At the stores, they've got all the lights on. All the lights are on everywhere you go because all the businesses are open. That means that electricity is more on demand, which means, guess what? They charge more for it. When everybody goes home and everyone's just chilling late at night, electricity gets cheaper because we don't need as much of it. So it's more cost effective for a grower to run the lights at night. But it's kind of a pain in the ass for a commercial grow. So I wouldn't recommend that for a commercial facility unless you've got a dedicated night shift, which this facility does not have. So the first assumption is power limitations. The second question, the second assumption would probably be uh, air conditioning limitations. Other than that, I am not sure... Uh, why that would be an effective idea, why that would be a good strategy. I think my next move would be to ask management, ask ownership, hey, why do we do this? Uh, is there a night shift that will be happening? Are we going to change this? Just ask very politely, like, can we run both of these rooms all at one time? 
because what's going to happen, in my opinion, I'm not there. I don't know how hard you guys work. I don't know what you're capable of. But this makes me think that you're going to have one room that's always growing like top shelf weed and another room that's just not as good as the other all the time because you're only able to spend so many hours. That night shift room, uh, whichever one goes off at 11 a.m., uh, you're if you come in at 6, you only get five hours to work in there. If you come in at what, you're not going to get enough time to work in that room. Or the other ones, if you've got an eight or 10 hour shift, you're going to have to divide up five hours in each room. It's not going to be, you're not going to get the quality that you could if you just ran it all at once. So my first question would be, do we have the power capabilities? Can we run all of this at one time? The next question would be, do we have the air conditioning capabilities? And then the next question is, do they think they've got the staffing uh, trained and available to do that? If you build an auto watering system and you don't have to water every plant by hand, if you can just focus on uh, cut the clones on time, get the clones transplanted into the next pots, get the small plants transplanted into large pots, have the large pots prepared in 30 days to go into the flower room. Then once they go into the flower room, you go back into the other room and you cut more clones and push everything up into that space. If you can accomplish that rhythm, it shouldn't take a lot of people to accomplish that rhythm in up to 85 to 115-ish lights. That could take one or two people. I've ran a 100-light facility. Uh, plus, it was 100 flowering lights plus a bedroom plus a mom area with myself as the lead cultivator and two backup guys, uh, one guy to help me out every day of the week. And then on the weekends, uh, I would take the weekends off and those two guys would run the ship on the weekends plus a trim team. Sometimes we did have a full-on trim team because that's a lot of work. But the cultivation, uh, 100 lights is one person with one or two backup people helping. That's my opinion. That's my experience. That's what I could train for. So I'd see if the staff has confidence or if the management has confidence in the staff. If not, let's automate some shit. Let's get some auto watering going on there. Let's learn how to trellis more effectively. Let's learn how to pop and twist. Let's learn how to defoliate. Let's learn how to let's learn how to manage the room, the gear, the equipment, and the plants to save ourselves time. There's so much automation. AI is going to take over very soon. Let's learn how to do a lot of that shit before AI pushes us out of a job. All right. My dude, Neil Stir, thank you for the great question. I hope I answered that one. Uh, my uh, Once again, my assumptions are power limitations, but I really don't do not know why. Um, I used to have a room like this back in the day. Let me get rambling here for a minute. I used to have a an office. It was like an 11 by 14 office space. And in that room, I put two 5 by 5 grow tents, but I wasn't able to increase the power in that room. I could not run 2,000 watts of light at one time, but I could run 1,000 all the time with no problem. So I bought a device called a flip box, and I plugged one ballast into the flip box, and the flip box then plugged into a timer, then went into the wall, it sounds more complicated than it is, but what would happen is one ballast would run to basically a Y cable that would go uh, for 12 hours, it would go to tent B, and then for the opposite 12 hours, it would go to tent A, and there was just a little box that attached to my ballast that would just redirect the power to which bulb. So I was able to run, I constantly had that room flowering. I had two five by fives flowering in that room, and I didn't ever have to overload the power. That kind of feels like what they're doing here on a larger scale, but it's kind of a pain in the ass if you're not able to get into the rooms. I would ask them about it. Don't be shy. Ask questions. See if we can make shit better. Let them know you're only asking questions because you feel like you could improve your performance if the rooms were on more even schedules. All right, my dude, thank you for the great question. Please don't forget to send me your address with a real quality name so I can ship you a free pack of Irie Genetics Seeds. All right, podcast world, let's keep this party moving. This next question came from my friend Alabama Man. Big shout out to my dude, Alabama Man. Thank you for the continued Patreon support. I do appreciate that. The question goes a little bit like this. First of all, it says, what kind of problem, what kind of question do you have? It's a problem in my garden. What strain are you growing? They're seven-year-old beans from Nirvana Seed Bank, which is pretty cool. 
Where are you growing them? Indoors under LEDs. We're in veg. Uh, we're in week three of veg. We're growing in cocoa. Then the question goes a lot like this. It says, hey, brother. What's up, bro? Good to see you. It says, I was so proud to have germinated seven-year-old seeds a while back. Yeah, sometimes old seeds are a real bitch to pop. So uh, I'm proud of you for having gotten those going. It says, they popped within 48 hours and responded well to normal feedings and lighting and always looked happy but remained a little bit miniature in form. Uh, that could just been genetics. That could have been that they were tired. It could have been that they were old. It could have just been the kind of plants that they were. It does go on. I topped the plants at week three and it demanded more newts like normal, but never sparked an outward or upward growth spurt. After week three, I yanked it. It had a beautiful root system too. I take meticulous care of my seed bank, but everything, like like everything, time took its toll, I suppose. All right, that's a good assumption. There is more to this. It says, what is the oldest seed you have ever popped? Um, I don't think the seeds I've popped have ever been super old. If I'm going to pop something, it's probably something I recently bought. I'm kind of eager to uh, grow shit when I buy it. Um, and I don't store seeds for a real long time. I'd, I'd like to say no more than three or five, maybe seven or eight years old. Did try to run some old stuff a while back. And like you, only some of it popped up. And a couple of the things that did pop up didn't look good. What came out of it was really good stuff. But some of it just did not look healthy. So I understand what happened to you. Uh, most of the time, I buy my seeds and I either grow them right away or if I've still got them, it's because I've had them for years and years and I'm not going to grow them. And I should probably give them to one of my friends to grow. So we'll dig into the vault one day and share some of that stuff. It says, should I trash all of my seven-year-old beans? No, uh, no. If you're going to trash them, at least try to grow them before you trash them. What could go wrong? Um, skip straight to the trash can and just put them into a paper towel or however you germinate. Try that first. Then if they don't work, then put them in the trash. But at least give them a try. You may have some fucking magic in those old seeds. Um... So they could be shitty even if they were new. That's something to think about. Those seeds, even when they were new, they might have been subpar seeds. Not every seed is an amazing plant. Not every seed is going to be uh, top shelf grow. So uh, even if those were new, even if they were old, they could have been terrible. They could have been awesome. We can't attribute all of it to age. We're going to blame it on age. We're going to attribute that. We're going to say that you did everything you could and they were just bad old seeds. But um, no, don't toss all your old seeds. Try to grow them, dude. See what they do. Uh, instead of if you're looking to grow two or three plants, germinate 10 of those bad motherfuckers and see what comes up. Uh, power and numbers. You might get something super, super cool out of there. Old weed was really great. Some of the older weed was really awesome. So whatever you had back in the day might be amazing. So keep trying. Uh, those seeds could be even new seeds sometimes are shitty. Sometimes I make a cross and the seeds will sprout and I can tell right away like, oh, we're not going to be able to release that one. That's just you can see it sometimes. So who knows what you had? Who knows what they were? Now it says, would a clone from the same plant I pulled exhibit the same growth habits as its stunted mother? Uh, it should. Technically, genetically, uh, scientifically, it should, comma, but uh, sometimes, like I said earlier, some of those freaky-ass plants, the first time you grow it, if you cut a clone and grow that clone out, it will do different shit. I've got a plant that I put in a different room recently. Uh, it's never been in this environment before, and I'm seeing different shit from a plant that I've ever seen before. A lot of times it could be about the environment. That weird shit you saw could be, like I said earlier, it could be hot soil, over moisture, uh, too much humidity, too dry. Sometimes those seedlings will tell you right away, like there's a fucking problem in here, but then it'll grow out of it and you'll cut that clone. And the clone is the same age as that original plant. So if you've had that original plant for eight weeks and then you cut the clone, that clone is technically eight weeks old. It's still continuing. It's still got part of that age to it. 
It's just grown out of that wonky shit. So maybe it won't go back to it. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it grows out of it. So I don't have a solid, uh, definite, infinite answer for that uh, because the answer is it should, but sometimes just because that's how genetics and nature work. I can't make any promises when it comes to that one. All right, my dude, Alabama, man, I hope I answered your question. Don't be discouraged with your old seeds. Don't throw your seed collection away. Uh, they still look good in the vault. They still count as a good collection. And when you do try to grow them, maybe they'll work, maybe they won't. If you put them straight in the trash, you'll never know if they were any good or not. So keep trying. Also, before we wrap this up, I'm going to recommend a product called Herb. It is spelled U-R-B. It's a little bit expensive, but it does work very well at helping get old seeds going. Also, if you want to be creative and you want to do a little bit of research on your own, I'm going to leave this up to you. A little bit of gibberellic acid, a little GA3 will definitely help get those seeds going. But you've got some work to do to check on that yourself. There are safety precautions to take. There are a lot of risks involved when using the GA3. So be very careful if you choose to go that route. Uh, once again, um, as a disclaimer, as a safety measure, as a legal disclaimer, be fucking careful. All right. I think that's all I've got for you for this episode. My dude, Alabama man, please send me your address so I can get you a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds sponsored by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you did not win a free pack of seeds on today's episode, don't be shy. Don't feel discouraged. I've got a lot of questions here in front of me. Maybe your question is coming up on a future episode. Keep listening. Keep checking in. Maybe I'll read your question on an upcoming show and you can win a free pack of seeds. I've got stacks and stacks of good questions here, you guys. So please don't feel discouraged. Keep listening. Keep sending the grow questions up. Even they're not all going in order. I'm honestly choosing. Sometimes I choose my favorite questions first. Uh, if I recognize your name from the Patreon, that definitely does help you get to the top of the list. Anyway, I am rambling. If you feel like this episode was educational, informative, and entertaining, if you'd like to support the show on Patreon, all you have to do is visit patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, the email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Everything else is on my website, iregenetics.com. There's a link to buy seeds. There's a link to the Discord server. There's a link to the Etsy page to buy t-shirts and stuff like that. Everything you could imagine is on iregenetics.com. Dot com. That's all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Hobbit Feet. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. We'll